0: Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Everyone, Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I'm really, really excited to be talking to author Holly Margot, who's written a really compassionate book that also has stories of trauma and loss. The book is called Witnessing Grief, and I'm way beyond glad that she's here with me. Hi, Holly. How are you today?
1: Hi, Oki. I'm well. Thank you so much for inviting me here and yeah, being present with me.
0: Hey, thank you. I'm really, really like giddy in a weird sense that you're here because I'm really excited to talk about your book. Before we get into the the meat of the book, can you
1: generally tell me what it's about? Yeah. Um to just filter it down, it's a book that's written for folks that are experiencing grief or loss, trauma, but through the perspective of coaches or of others who might support folks that are suffering in these ways, because people are hurting and they need folks that are courageous enough to sit with them without trying to change it or fix it or make it better. So I'm going after the folks that want to be there for for others in their lives that are um,
0: hurting. This is absolutely necessary, a book like this, because a lot of times people will say, I don't know what to do for so-and-so, or I don't know what to say, or I don't know how to approach this. When I experienced the loss of my mother, suddenly a lot of people did say, what am I supposed to say to you? And honestly, I have no idea either. So I'm really glad that I came upon a book like this, a book like yours, and that you wrote one. Can we get more into your book? What are some things that people can expect from this? Well, let's see. (laughs)
1: They can expect some practical, to to your point, some practical ideas of things that are helpful to say or to do, and very specifically things that are not helpful and even can be harmful when someone is grieving uh, or suffering, experiencing sorrow. There are some blogs that I wrote after the death of my son that I never intended to put in a book. They were just in the moment, days after he died that that I wrote. So very pertinent, real, raw experiences from someone experiencing traumatic loss. There are definitions in there. So getting really specific about what does grief mean? What does trauma mean? Uh, I go over a lot of different types of losses that we may not even consider losses, like when our kids go off to college, when they leave school, or... When we retire or even more, more important, I'm going to say more importantly right now, touching on marginalization and, and racism and othering in, in our societies right now and the grief and trauma that that brings about. So in a very compact way, I try to cover a lot of areas. The things that we, ex- we experience loss all the time, but we may not always recognize it as such. Mm-hmm. And humans are so good at trying to avoid it. can't but we try we try
0: right we most of the times push it off so much until it spills over and that's when we're we have to figure out how to I guess live and move on or deal with it I I like how you kind of summarize it that way so thank you so you say that there are tips and there are processes that that you give out throughout your book, what are some things that you can tell me for this episode that you explore?
1: Well, I share several scenarios throughout the book that are real, real life, either from clients that I've had or clients of other coaches or just people. I have a neighbor that I reference in there. For instance, she considers herself a cancer survivor. I've spoken to other people who who don't like that title, but I'm using it because that's what she shared with me. She shared at one point that the only place she felt safe was in the oncology waiting room because everybody else there knew what they were experiencing without having to say a word. So part of my book was how do I help others to show up in a safe way without having experienced every horrible thing in the world that we might come across? Mm-hmm. So... In this case, and and this is often the case that came up, it isn't so much that people that are suffering are looking for someone to fix it or to take it away, but just have the courage to be there with them. So much of what I share with folks with the scenarios I give is how to recognize our own reaction to what we've heard and learn how not to to react, but to stay present to the person we have in front of us, not respond to what makes us comfortable, Mm -hmm. but to what, they might need, we can't know, but what they might need, not trying to fix it.
0: Right. No, I love how you said that. That's perfectly said, actually. Thank you. Among all this, though, what made you put pen to paper? What made
1: you wanted to write this book? Thank you for that question. In 2018, this is my very condensed version, in a span of 18 weeks, my dad and one of my children died very unexpectedly. Uh, very traumatically. And I found out after my son died that people do not know how to talk to a mom whose child has died. Uh, It's just a really uncomfortable place to be. So I spent a lot of time isolating myself because I just couldn't be around people and all the advice they want to give. Uh, The people who have not experienced it, of course. And then through my work as a coach, I was working as a digital coach at the time and COVID hit and all of a sudden there were stories and stories of grief, Uh, whether people had COVID, that's their own sort of loss or their family members or friends were dying and the coaches didn't know how to respond to this. So they asked for help and the powers that be at that company that I worked for uh, didn't know how to answer their questions. So I raised my hand and said, Hey, I know something about grief. Mm -hmm. I have had coach training. Maybe I can help. And they said no, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> they literally and instead they they showed the coaches, not an exaggeration, a seven minute YouTube video about grief and said go at it. And I was so furious for these people that were suffering, these people that were grieving, that were afraid, that were losing people. I mean, even the the doctors, the nurses, the people in healthcare that felt impotent in the face of this new virus that we didn't know what to do with. There was so much trauma. And coaching isn't the place we think of we're going to bring something like grief or trauma. And yet it was showing up in our conversations. So I got really angry that they said no to me when I offered help. And I decided I needed to quit working for that company and I need to write a book because there is nothing out there. Even in healthcare, I mean, the people that end up speaking to doctors and nurses, along with coaches and even therapists, there isn't something out there just for how do we show up we're not trying to treat, and ultimately, I don't. I don't think there is anything such as treating grief. Mm-hmm. We can't get rid of it. I mean, it just becomes part of who we are. So anyway, I mean, that was it. That's my long version of. I I was angry. I was angry that there isn't more support out there for folks that are suffering in sorrow, and I wanted to help bridge that gap. I
0: feel like I want to just bow down to you for uh, taking the step to even do this. This is something that we just wish somebody would step up to do and you did it. And I'm so happy and glad that you've written a book like this. And I want to say thank you so much. I was experienced the my own loss, but it it felt like a lot of it, people are like, oh, well, parents pass away all the time. I had somebody say that and I was just like, not to me. (laughs) So I thought it was really strange thing to say. And then I realized I couldn't get angry at that person for saying that because maybe she had her own loss and she wanted to kind of normalize it. And I thought that was a strange thing too. So And then I didn't know how to react either when one of my best friends, her husband passed suddenly as well. And, you know, just me trying to relate to everyone else in this world. I I love that a book like this becomes something that's so available to us. So thank you, Holly. Thank you. Thank you. This is vastly important, I think. This is absolutely important. In your book, you talk about enneagram can we focus a little bit about what that is
1: yeah absolutely to narrow that one down the enneagram is a tool that helps us stay in the present moment and to understand that we are not so for instance you were just sharing about people a friend didn't know how to respond to your grief Mm -hmm. and you have enough and I really appreciate this about you I've learned about you that that you have enough presence to wonder oh what's her story that this is how she's going to respond. Mm, you're curious. <laughs> so exactly true that your friend in, in her best effort to be there for you, she showed up as best she could. Right. And yet there's more to her. There's more to you. There's more to me than what we see on the outside. We have strategies for showing up in the world, for managing right. our human life. We learn when we're really little. And all of that takes us away from being in the present moment, like a friend, just being with you as you experience your grief, without trying to change it. That's uncomfortable. The Enneagram helps us see the ways that we take ourselves out of that present moment. Gotcha, Take ourselves away from who we really are at our core, because it's not, there are many personality typologies out there, you know, you're an introvert, you're an extrovert, you're a thinker, you're a feeler, putting labels on us. The Enneagram is not here to put labels on us, it's a way for us to see that we have habits and patterns. Some of us that serve us really well and some of us, that, some of them that get in the way mm-hmm. it helps us see past those. So we can see who we really are.
0: I feel like, can you do a podcast? And yes. Talk about, <laughs> yes, can I talk about yes we can. This is yeah. really, really needed. There's a lot of grief process, like podcasts out there, but not, For something like what you wrote, Holly, I think this is something that you need. I mean, not you need, I'm sorry, something that I would need, something that somebody would definitely need. So I'm just throwing that out there. Thank you. (laughs) God, Enneagram just sounds so important. But I, I also wanted to ask you, how was writing this book? Because you have to get so personal and you have to go deeper mentally and everything. How was your writing process?
1: I speak to other folks. I just met someone recently, just two days ago, who is working on writing a book. She overheard me talking to my mom about the book I wrote. I didn't go into this think, you know, like this has been a, a dream of mine to write a book. It, truly, the way that came about, I had signed up for a class, a writing class, because it was free through the coaching company that I work for, and I love taking classes, so I took it. And the night beforehand, I looked to see, oh, what is it I'm supposed to be writing? And it was, you're going to write a book. And so I thought, well, what am I going to write a book about? And because of all the other things I already mentioned, I knew this has to be a book about how to be with someone experiencing grief, how the folks that are grieving can find support from other people. So it was a six-week group class, getting started about writing a book. And beyond that, then I decided to continue working with that publisher. So it was August of 2020, I started that class. And it was August, 2022, that my book published. I think because I had her, it made it manageable because I would write and she would read it and ask me to revise things. I never felt pressure. I loved writing it. I think I'm able to compartmentalize enough that I could, I mean, the blogs were already written, but I could write information, but stepping away from it, write it. There were moments, certainly when I was triggered And then I would just pause, but I never felt the pressure. You know what? In the end, I mean, this is when it's all said and done. I think the reason that I wrote the book, I don't know if it's equal to or more than, it may even be more than what I already stated. One of the biggest fears of parents that lose children is that they're going to be forgotten. And my son is not going to be forgotten because I wrote that book.
0: My heart is with that. Thank you for saying that. What else can you tell me about you as an author, Holly?
1: (laughs) As an author. It's so funny to say that because, you know, again, I didn't go into this thinking, I'm going to write something.
0: I mean, you've told me a good amount of, you know, how you approached it with the writing groups and everything. But I'm just really curious, maybe what's beyond this book. And now that you published it, you know, last year and things like that about you as an author, about some future works?
1: Well, I like to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> I always have projects in in the works. While I was writing the book, I was also taking, so I've been studying the Enneagram for 12 years. At the same time, the Enneagram was introduced to me. I was introduced to coaching, which was fairly new at that time. My background is in chemical dependency counseling many years ago. Mm-hmm. So in tandem, we're coaching and the Enneagram. And I knew I wanted to work with the Enneagram. I mean, I just f- fell in love with it and saw it as... I mean, my background psychology, and I saw such depth such depth in the Enneagram. It's truly like someone's had a camera on your shoulder watching you your entire life. When you find your home base, you go, wow, really? There's information written? It's like it's written about me. (laughs) And I felt that having a base of coaching was really important. I didn't want to just, oh, I take an Enneagram class or read a book or two and then say I'm an Enneagram coach. The foundation of coaching was foundational. I started writing the book and um, this is sort of when I started getting uh, reintroducing myself into maybe life after my son died, we could say, uh, mm-hmm. finding a sense of purpose because that was really lost after Nicholas died. I took a course, very um, just several weeks long, live online because COVID was around. And then a year-long course was offered for the Enneagram, Enneagram and Conscious Living. So it's not like you're going to take a course like a textbook course this is how do we show up as human beings and look at what's happening in our world I mean truly there was a lot going on in 2020 2021 Mm -hmm. humans have to show up and figure out how to do something different people need to be responsible as human beings to each other to the earth to the world so I enrolled in this course because I need I really just figured this out in the last week because I needed to figure out who I was and that's what the Enneagram does. Not that I, I mean, this is a journey. It's not like there's some destination. Oh, I have it figured out. But I know that's why I did. I knew the wisdom is there. So I started taking this course while I'm writing the book. Simultaneously, I decided I wanted to take the next level up with my coaching certification. And that is through the International Coaching Federation. The, they have three tiers. Top tier is a master certified coach. I'd always admired the coaches that had that level of capacity, ability, skill. And I wanted to do that. So I spent six months working with an amazing mentor, worked with me until I was able to submit coaching recordings that were worthy of that designation of master certified coach. So I'm writing the book, I'm taking that course and I'm working on this, this is my explanation of, I like to have projects because I, I wanted to be able to say on my book, you know, I have done the work to become a master certified coach. I'm not afraid of hard work. I believe in coaching. I wholeheartedly believe in coaching. I wholeheartedly believe in the Enneagram. When all that was done, the next step, my book was actually my capstone project for my Enneagram course. Oh, then they decided, yeah, they decided to, um, but, well, because I use the harmonic groups in my book. And it's one of the only books you're going to find this much information about the harmonics because it's one of the newer theories that came from Russ Hudson. Uh, So, so valuable. Anyway, they offered a teacher training for the folks that completed that course. So I'm currently in a teacher training with this group. And I already have certifications and all that. And I wanted to learn how to, more than calling it teaching, it's calling transmission. How to transmit the wisdom of the Enneagram in line with my work with grief and with coaching. So, my future right now is yes, like when you say can we have when we have a podcast on the Instagram, absolutely. <laughs> that is also what I'm working toward. Oh yay. yeah. Exactly. So, uh, and next month I have a course that I'm just a 1-hour course based on my book. And a one-hour course based on the Enneagram that I'm teaching to the coaching school well coaches that I am an instructor and mentor and assessor for. I'm doing a live in-person any Enne- intro to the Enneagram course. And then more beyond that. I'll create courses rather than you know, not just one hour classes, but so in the works are gonna be courses based on my book and on the Enneagram. Uh, moving forward, as far as a book goes, I know my my publisher had said, well, this is just the first of many. Because I didn't go into this thinking, I'm going to write a book. Right. I'm just open to whatever presents itself. I mean, my my goal was, I mean, here's, it's funny, this is going to sound ridiculous, but my publisher was saying, you know, once you publish a book, just so you know, people are going to want you to teach it and talk about it and get out there and ask questions. And, and I said, I don't want to talk to anybody. That's why I wrote a book. You don't have to talk to me.
0: <laughs> and he, and here I am. <laughs>
1: right. And now I see the value of that. So just like with the, the ways that I'm learning, I mean, it's just me. I'm a one person show at this point, except that I'm learning to trust myself to know where to say yes. So saying yes to this Enneagram teacher training, saying yes to my publicists at Blue Cottage Agency at this point. I have a company that does my SEO. So I'm learning what things to say yes to so that I can continue moving these messages forward that I feel are really, really needed and give me the sense of purpose, the meaning that I need beyond 2018 and losing my dad and my son. Yeah. So delivering this message, whatever way that I need to do that and I feel called to do, that's what I will do.
0: And we want you to do it and keep doing it because just talking to you during this hour, I'm already wanting to know anything and everything about Enneagram or just about the words that you want to tell us. I mean, I am ready to dig deep into this book and and be along this journey. I am going to need more books and classes and the podcast, please.
1: <laughs> Anytime.
0: Well, I want to say thank you, Holly, for just coming by, and giving me your time, letting us into this world that's extremely important and so passionate. Where can we get your book? Well,
1: lots of places, of course. Uh, bookshop.org is going to be my first go-to because they support independent bookstores. Also, of course, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. If you go to my website, witnessandgrief.com, of course, there will be links on there. And that's how anybody can connect with me. I'm on Facebook by my name, Holly Margle. MCC would be the business account. Instagram, Holly Margle. And LinkedIn, also Holly Margle.
0: Any last minute thing you want to say before we go today? Because I feel like this can I can keep talking to you for a good while about your book. This is so interesting and so important.
1: But any last minute thing you want to say before we go? Thank you for that opportunity. And I am happy to come back anytime.
0: Yay! <laughs> um,
1: yeah. You know, what I really want to say to everybody, I'm, I wholeheartedly believe this. And so this goes to you as well, Oki.
0: Yeah, thank
1: you. It is a privilege when someone is willing to share their time and presence as a coach, as a human being, if we always, it is a privilege. I think we will appreciate one another and find gratitude for other human beings and other creatures. We have to remember it is. A, it's like I think in, on my website now. I have it's. It's a privilege to witness another's grief. Privilege is such an important word, and we all need to remember what a privilege it is when someone shares their presence with us. So thank you for sharing yours with me.
0: Oh, that was so heartfelt and so touching. Thank you, Holly. And the episode this way. I enjoyed our time together. I enjoyed getting to know you and your book and how and your work and how important it is. Thank you for being here. And like I said, I, I want you to come back when you have your next book or anything relating to this. This is this is a world that I never really knew until it happened to me. And it's it's strange how it opens up to a lot of people that I never knew that experienced certain losses as well. And I learned through you and through some people that loss doesn't have to be a death of a person when I closed my business. That was a huge loss. And I didn't realize that was, you know, like depression. I didn't realize I was going through that. I knew I was like, oh man, you know, I closed a business, but just the process of it, I didn't realize how it can mentally drain you. Cause I always thought loss equals to death of uh, another person. You know, there's, there's much more than that. So thank you. But we, we are running out of time. I'm sorry. But I hope I get to talk to you again. Anytime. And, and we'll, I'll talk to you sometime later. Thank you, Holly.
1: Perfect. Thank okay. you so much. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie authors and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. For a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Katty and I talk all things book, and about her cats too. See you then.